Shalom, and welcome to Kehilat Rosh Pina, a dynamic, multicultural, and growing Messianic Jewish congregation located in the heart of Oklahoma City and led by Rabbi Michael Weigand. Our goal is to bring you the message of the Word each week from a Jewish perspective and to exalt Messiah Yeshua as Lord and Savior overall. We are a loving congregation made up of both Jew and Gentile, now one in the Messiah, with Shabbat morning services at 10.40 a.m. and various studies throughout the week. Please come and join us next time you are in Oklahoma City. We would love to have you. And now, we hope you enjoy today's message. Let me officially say good Yom Tif to each of you uh, this fast day across the Jewish world. It's called Yom Kippur, or actually Yom HaKippurim, the Day of Atonements. And I think we can all agree that this particular evening, Yom Kippur, is really all about what it says. Kippur, Kapara, Atonement. And uh, That's what the words Yom Kippur mean. Yom means day, Kippur means atonement. And if you ask me, and I think you would agree with this, it seems like some important stuff, atonement. Recently, a Messianic rabbi friend of mine who was raised in an Orthodox Jewish household, and he happens to be extremely (laughs) well-educated, He wrote the following thoughts, quote, I want to read to you what he wrote, quote, as Yom Kippur is at hand, it's on my heart to state the obvious. I have to say, there isn't much point in having a day of atonement unless we actually have an atonement. This is the great irony of modern day Judaism. There are many ironies, but a day of atonement without an atonement is, I think, or has to be, number one on the list of ironies. Simply put, there is no day of atonement without atonement. Otherwise, we'd just be honoring a day we once had, yet have no more. Judaism of temple days, of course, had atonement via the sacrifice by the Kohen Agadol, the high priest, in the Beit HaMikdash in the temple. Sure, it had to be repeated every year, meaning the atonement each Yom Kippur at the time of the temple was only a temporal act, a temporary act. It was not an eternal act. But at least it was atonement. On Yom Kippur, modern-day Judaism has no atonement. Tefillah, Teshuvah, and Tzedakah are fine things, and we all do them, but it's not enough. On the Day of Atonement, what an opportunity for us as Messianic Jews to shine, this writer wrote. We actually do have the atonement. The shed blood of Yeshua offers true atonement to all who place their trust in Him. So on this Yom Kippur, let's keep our eyes on the prize, Yeshua, our risen King. Let's give heed to the message, Yeshua is our atonement now 
and forever. What is the big deal about atonement anyway? A whole day, Yom Kippur. God set this day apart. He's the one that designated it. He's the one that named it. Atonement or another way to say it in Hebrew is kapara. It's not a word that we commonly use in our everyday talking. I mean, I dare say probably throughout the course of a year, unless you're within religious circles, you may never use the word atonement. It's not part of our daily discourse. Now, talking about food, oh, I shouldn't talk about food today, it's a fast day. But talking about food, talking about drink, talking about vacation, talking about sports, now that's all part of the vernacular of people. But atonement? How often do we really use that word? But truth be told, as we look at Scripture, atonement, as it's translated from the Hebrew, kapara, atonement is a very prominent word in the Scripture. It's actually much more prominent than sports, <laughs> than modern culture, than all the things you might put in those categories. Atonement is prominent in Scripture. It's very important. It's referred to very specifically in the listing of the Moadim, the appointed feast days of the Lord. Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, is designated in Leviticus chapter 23. And it's mentioned in other places, the idea of kapara, of atonement. For example, how about this one in Sefer Shemot, the book of Exodus, chapter 30, verse 10, where it says, Aaron, Aharon, the great high priest, Aaron is to make atonement on the horns of the altar once a year with the blood of the sin offering of atonement. There, the term atonement is used twice in one verse. We barely use the term in normal circles, characterized as our, at our workplace, etc. When we talk to people, we may barely use that term, but in Scripture it's used often. It's referenced throughout the Bible, both in the Tanakh, the Hebrew Scriptures, and the Brit Chadashah, the New Covenant. It's referenced throughout the Bible. It's intricately linked within Scripture to other concepts and important truths. It's there. And atonement is the means by which unhindered access to our Heavenly Father is granted unto us. It's through the atoning blood of Yeshua. Access to the Lord is attained through what Yeshua did for us. Now, it's good to give tzedakah, it's good to do mitzvot, and all those things. But atonement is attained through what Yeshua did. He opened the way for us. And linked closely to the idea of atonement is the idea of redemption. That includes right standing with the Lord. So through atonement, right standing before God is offered to those who trust Yeshua. Or as the book of Messianic Jews, Hebrews states it, we have access to the throne of grace. Now, there are two important understandings I think we must grasp in order to perceive our own need for atonement. Number one is God in His holiness 
He has not changed. We need to understand that. Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 says that the Lord has not changed. He is, to use the Hebrew term, very familiar that probably most here know this term. He is kadosh. He's holy. And in fact, it's repeated in Scripture, both in the writings of the prophets and in the book of Revelation. We read this. We hear this. Kadosh, 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 Adonai Tzavod. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. So the main descriptive word, there are other words that could be used to describe God, is that he's kadosh, he's holy, he's set apart. He's without blemish, he's without fault, he's without sin, and all the other descriptives one might use to describe him. So that's point one, that God is holy. But then there's this second point that we need to grasp to understand our own need for atonement. And the second point is this. Humankind or mankind is marred by all pervasive sinfulness. I promise you that in my whole life, and I won't tell you how old I am tonight, neither will I ask you how old you are. But in my whole life, I never met one person who had not sinned. Not one. I met some really fine people. So have you. In fact, some of you are very fine people. But I've never met a person that had not sinned. So God, who is absolutely sinless forever and ever, kadosh, 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 leolam vaed, he's holy, 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 forever and ever. And then there's the state of mankind. We often use the term fallen humanity. Fallen, given to sin. Humanity, indeed, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's how Rav Paul the Apostle stated it. We've all sinned. In 2 Timothy 3, beginning with the first verse, and also in Matthew chapter 24, verse 12, it makes a point to let us know that man has been and is sinful. So we're left with this quandary, this gap, this ultimately holy God who is without blemish forever and forever and forever, and all mankind who's fallen sin, fallen short of the glory of God because of sin. Friends, that's how we see the need for atonement through that type of understanding. Atonement bridges that gap. Provision is made through atonement so that we can have access to the holy God. It's not because we're so holy. It's not because our own righteousness opened the gates for us. It's because the Lord, who is our righteousness, Yeshua the Messiah, bore our sins. He took upon himself the punishment for our sins. Isaiah 59 verse 2 says this. And it's God speaking to the people. It says, your iniquities, which is a fancy word for sinfulness, your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you. There's a good reason why Yom Kippur is such an important, important set-apart day in the calendar of God. It's the Day of Atonement. And we're not exaggerating when we say this, that atonement remains the most critical, the most dire necessity for all mankind. Just think about without atonement, that gap is always there. 
a holy God and a fallen mankind. It gets very personal when it's a holy God and it's you, the fallen person, the one caught up in sin because as we read in the New Covenant, the Brit Hadashah, in the writings of Rav Shaul, Paul the Apostle, the wages of sin, death. The verse doesn't stop there. Hallelujah for that. It says, but the gift of God is eternal life. How? Through Yeshua the Lord. Eternal life. Now, there are many different customs that are associated with Yom Kippur. But if you were here for Yom Teruah when we began 10 days ago, within 10 days of all, there's an emphasis that's placed during this time frame upon the kingship of the Lord. And we have lost some of the meaning of kingship. But one thing we can say, where there's a king in a kingdom, the king has absolute authority. Unless he's overthrown in worldly terms, but our God is not going to be overthrown. His throne is forever and ever. Uh, he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the creator of all things. He's, he's, he's it. And during this time, as we acknowledge the kingship of the Lord, we acknowledge that he's the judge. We follow through. Perhaps even some of you will be doing over the next 24 hours. You'll be fasting on the Day of Atonement. We're not fasting for our atonement. Many of us will be praying. I know my wife and I discuss what our focus will be during this fast. We'll be praying very specific things, focusing on very specific things. It's not necessarily that. Uh, we have atonement through Messiah Yeshua, and we need to walk in His righteousness and walk in the ways that He prescribes. But fasting is mentioned in Leviticus chapter 23. There are all these celebrations, and then there's this one day. It's the fast day. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they call it the fast day because those who were writing that thought. I hope it goes fast, the fast day. And other customs that are done on Yom Kippur that have some meaning, at least here in our synagogue, and it's universal really in the Jewish community, is we study the book of Jonah. Lord willing, tomorrow afternoon we will study the book of Jonah. You know what? We plan to read the whole book of Jonah. You know, it's not 66 chapters like Isaiah. It's just four chapters, but we'll read through the whole book of Jonah and discuss it. We attend services. Uh, there's a service again tomorrow at 11 o'clock. Encourage you, if you can, to come for services tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock. And tomorrow evening, at a, uh, we call it the Break the Fast service tomorrow evening. And the synagogue will be open, Lord willing, all day tomorrow. It's a special day. It's a fast day, but it's an important day. And then also there are prescribed prayers. Some of them are very dear to me, and over the years they've probably become dear to you as well. I love the Al-Chet confession. Al-Chet means concerning sin in Hebrew. Yet, let's be honest about it, with no temple today in Jerusalem, with no high priesthood, with no sacrificial system that's enacted today or going on today, the question arises, since God does require kapara, your sins have made a separation between me and you, Isaiah said in Isaiah 59. He requires atonement. How then is atonement 
obtained now. There's no temple, there's no high priesthood, and there's no sacrificial system right now. I think the answer is actually quite simple. <laughs> it's quite simple and it is of eternal impact. God in His grace and His mercy has provided atonement for us. He's given us a manner by which, the way by which we can have right standing before Him. And He's extended that to everyone who places their trust in Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. You receive that atonement by faith. He shed His blood. The blood was sacrificed not because he was wicked, there was no sin in him. Then who did he sacrifice his life willingly for? For the likes of you and me. For all those who would place their trust in him and believe in him. His atoning blood, the work at the tree, the cross, avails for them. He shed his blood on the cross, the tree. He made available to you and me through faith, through trust in Him, kapara, atonement. He made that available to all mankind, to Jews and Gentiles, to rich and poor, to young and old, to religious and not religious, all who place their trust in Him. He has made available the means of atonement. God Himself has provided the sacrifice. Blessed be His name. So it stands to this day Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, shall be saved. Access will be given to that glorious throne of grace. Now, I don't need to tell you what the opposite of the throne of grace is. <laughs> it's the throne of judgment. Judgment. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God, how? Through our Lord Yeshua the Messiah, through Jesus the Messiah. We have peace with God. And then it says this in verse 2 of Romans chapter 5, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace. Will you say that with me? Into this grace. Let's say that one more time. Into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. The modern customs and traditions of Yom Kippur can be inspiring and moving to our souls. I appreciate what we've already done in this service. For some it may be new, but Avinu Malkeinu is an ancient tune that's been sung in Jewish communities all over the world to this very day. Our Father, our King, some of what we repeated, the Kaddish praise to God, which we repeated here just before I began to speak this message, has been repeated in the Jewish world for centuries and centuries in places you and I might not even imagine. And dare I say, in places like the ghettos of Warsaw before the Nazis destroyed it. Treblinka and Auschwitz. Some of the very prayers we've uttered, some of the very things we've said as we faced east towards the Shema that was on the lips at the time of many Jewish people's death. 
the very last thing to say before the persecutors did their nefarious deeds was to recite the Shema. Friends, it's a privilege to gather here today and to know there really is atonement. It's not just a celebration with no real reality to it. There's a reality to this. Yeshua loved you so much, he laid down his life for you, for Jew, for Gentile, for rich, for poor, for young, for old, for educated, for uneducated, for man, for woman. He laid down his life. His blood avails for you. Do you trust him tonight that his atoning blood avails for you? If so, you have access, access to the throne of grace. God's desires for a people that will be set apart, set apart unto him, and he hasn't changed. That's what he desires. And he has lovingly and he has mercifully offered every human being atonement, kapara. Sure, we don't talk about atonement every day in our everyday speech, but I can tell you just from Scripture that it's in the heavenly council. That's what they talk about. It's in the divine Word of God. That's what it speaks about, atonement. And friends, I want to conclude with these thoughts here before we continue to the conclusion of this service. Let's be honest. Let's be honest here this evening. Let's be honest before God. Let's be honest before one another. And let's be honest and true unto ourselves. Here's what First Yochanan, First John, chapter 2, verse 1 says in the complete Jewish Bible translation. It says, my children, my children, I am writing you these things, and here's the goal, so that you won't sin. But if anyone does sin, <laughs> we have Yeshua the Messiah, the Sadiq, the righteous one, who pleads our cause with the Father. Verse 2, 1 John chapter 2. Also, he is the kapara, the atonement, the propitiation. He is the kapara for our sins, and not only for ours, but please listen to this, but also for those of the whole world. My friends, you have a commission to tell others about the atoning blood of Yeshua, that he laid down his life for them. What they do with that is up to them. But we have a commission to make it known that there is a way to have peace with God, and it's through our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. And in 1 Yochanan, 1 John chapter 4, verse 9, it says this from the complete Jewish Bible translation. Here is how God showed his love among us. Here's how he showed his love among us. God sent Yeshua, his only son, his ben Hayachid. He sent Yeshua into the world. He sent Yeshua, his only son, into the world so that through him we might have life. 
here is what love is. Not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his son, Yeshua the Messiah, to be the kapara, the atonement for our sins. Friends, we would be mistaken if we thought that the message of eternal atonement through Yeshua applies to everyone else except ourselves. It applies to everyone hearing these words. It applies to every person on the face of the earth. And it is a message of hope. It's a message of reconciliation. It's a message of deliverance and redemption. And it's in Messiah Yeshua. So on this Yom Kippur, we recognize the great kapara, the great atoning work of Messiah Yeshua. It says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, the complete Jewish Bible version, it's quite clearly stated actually. It says, God wants all humanity to be delivered and to come to full knowledge of the truth. For God is one, and there is but one mediator between God and humanity. You know who that is? Yeshua the Messiah, himself human, who gave himself as a ransom on behalf of all, thus providing testimony to God's purpose. You know, I think my Messianic Jewish rabbi friend that I quoted in the beginning, he was actually quite correct when he said this. I'll remind you what he said. He said, quote, The shed blood of Yeshua offers true atonement to all who place their trust in him. So on this Yom Kippur, let's keep our eyes on the prize. Yeshua, our risen king, let's give heed to the message. Yeshua is our atonement now and forevermore. You've been listening to the Shabbat message from Rosh Pinah Messianic Jewish Congregation in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. We would love to have you visit us. Our weekly services begin at 1040 a.m. each Shabbat, and we are located at 2600 Northwest 55th Place, north of Northwest Expressway at the corner of Northland Avenue and Northwest 55th Place. We meet each Shabbat for wonderful praise and worship with dance, liturgy, teaching, food, fellowship, excellent children's programs, and Bible studies on Tuesday nights. For more information, please visit our website, www.roshpinah.org. That's R-O-S-H-P-I-N-A-H dot O-R-G. You can also reach us by phone at 405-842-1967 or email us at info at Thank you for spending time in the Word with us today. Shabbat Shalom and blessings in Messiah Yeshua.